Marlins fans, this is Eli Sussman hosting the small pod for Wednesday, March 10th. In case you missed it yesterday, we introduced Big Fish Small Pod, the newest branch of the Fish Stripes podcast. As the name would suggest, we are keeping it brief. Most of these shows will be 10 minutes or less, getting you caught up on what just happened around the Miami Marlins the previous day and preparing you for the day to come. These will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The inaugural episode was hosted by Daniel Rodriguez. He will be the regular host on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Very temporarily, I'll be filling the void on Wednesdays and Fridays, but pretty soon I'll be turning over those duties to the other talented folks on the Fish Tribe staff. And we will continue to have my solo episodes of the official show on Mondays, which means that we're essentially a daily podcast at this point every weekday. Every weekday morning, you could wake up to that and plenty of other podcast coverage coming uh, in between all those scheduled uploads. So, so we hope you appreciate that, and we always welcome your feedback when it comes to that. Here on Wednesday, we are coming off a rare Marlins off day on Tuesday, where the Marlins did not have a Grapefruit League game. They are currently at four wins, one loss, and two ties in Grapefruit League competition right at the top of the standings. Once again, it seems like they've done that each of the past few years performing really well in these exhibitions. Uh, One of the few members of the organization that wasn't off yesterday was left-hander Chio Gonzalez, the former All-Star, the longtime rival of the Marlins in the NL East, and recently signing a minor league deal to play for his hometown team. He threw live batting practice on Tuesday morning under the watchful eye of pitching coach Mel Stoudemire Jr., and Stott was generous enough to speak to the media for his first time so far in spring training addressing the media, not just about Gio, a variety of other pitchers as well, but we'll give you this brief soundbite of him offering a candid review of Gio's live BP session, uh, just saying that there are still some things to iron out before the season gets going. We're talking about a veteran that kind of knows who he is. Uh, curveball was good. It's just a matter of him getting some reps and fine-tuning his stuff. You know, he had some misses in there that he was aware of. And, uh, you know, a little more on the attack early. But those are some things we'll, we'll talk about. He looked healthy, though. Stottlemyre went on to say some of the expected things about managing the workloads of the young starting pitchers. Of course, aside from Geo, all the rotation candidates are 26 years and younger. Mostly guys, with the exception of Santi Alcantara, that don't know what it's like to spend a full major league season in the starting rotation. Then we had Gio, uh, right after that, take his media availability, covering a lot of ground, probably the, the exchange that caught the most attention for understandable reasons was his reflection about the late Jose Fernandez, who was a very good friend of Jose's, and uh, what it means to him to be pitching in the same uniform that, that Jose wore for what all of his professional career. The soundbite I wanted to put in here, though, is about the current team heading into 2021. As expected, he has big praise for all of his fellow rotation candidates. And in particular, as you'll hear, Pablo Lopez singles out Pablo as someone that is potentially the leader of this entire group. I've been fortunate in my career to see some some pretty damn talented arms. And, and then, you know, to look at it now, it's still some pretty damn talented arms. You know, all these guys have such up potential and bright futures. Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those things that you can't miss a show. You know, one of these guys are going to part throw no hitter, you know, perfect game. 
they have the capability of, of doing that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and I think that our bullpen too has that capability of kind of keeping it, you know, in those games that we need. But as far as looking at the stars, for, uh, you know, you've got to give credit to their captain. You know, I think Pablo's the, the bread and butter. He's the, the, the horse of this rotation. You know, you give him his place in, in this rotation as the captain. So for me, it's just, uh, you follow the lead, you give them, you know, you give them as much advice as possible and you let them go and do their thing, you know. That choice of words really caught my attention because that's typically how, what, how folks use to describe Sandy Alcantara, the presumed opening day starter, the one who got that responsibility to open up their 2020 postseason run as well. Yeah, but frankly, I'm kind of on the same page as Gio in terms of Pablo being potentially the most complete pitcher in the organization at this point, still only 25 years old. And most important thing with him, just like most other pitchers, is staying healthy because Pablo excelled in 2020, but that was, of course, a limited workload compared to what major leagues typically is. So I I just can't wait to see exactly what he does this year, trying to build off that breakout year of sorts. Uh, We're taking this opportunity during this pause in the schedule to look at some spring training performances so far. In particular, we finally have courtesy of Baseball Savant. We have the ability to look at a lot of StatCast data from spring training games. In particular, I mean, the one who really jumps off the page is right-hander Anthony Bender, a non-roster invitee to spring training. I mentioned him a little bit on Monday during the official show, but now that we have the full StatCast data, I wanted to give you the specifics. Through his two outings, he is averaging on his fastball 97.5 miles per hour. That's the average. Again, coming out of the bullpen, he can exert more effort, but that is far and away the hardest throwing pitcher in Marlins camp so far this year. More than two miles per hour ahead of Sandy Alcantara in that category. And and Bender does it with some sync as well. He gets a lot of movement on that fastball in addition to the velocity. His slider has impressed as well. That's been the more common put-away pitch for him. Someone that is doubtful to sneak onto the opening day roster, but he's making a very strong case to get called up at some point during the year. Daniel Castano, he only had one of his outings so far have been tracked by StatCast, so that is somewhat of a limitation to this, is that all Marlins home games and others at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium are included, but the data isn't complete. From his most recent outing, where we have the data, what stuck out to me is his spin rate on his slider. This is someone that really struggled to miss bats last year, but he has pretty obviously been putting in work on that breaking ball because last year his spin rate on average with his slider was 2,450 revolutions per minute. Uh, Nothing really that sticks out about that. In comparison from this one outing where he threw a handful of sliders, limited sample size, but his spin rate in this appearance most recently, a few days ago, 2,741 RPM, nearly 300 extra revolutions per minute. And that figure, if he was able to maintain that, is elite. It's, I believe it's higher than any other qualified left-handed pitcher put up in the majors last season. It's that significant. And then on the hitter side, exit velocities. Average exit velocity, not very useful because the sample size is microscopic. Only a couple batted balls per player to this point. Peak exit velocity, though, is worth remarking on. The hardest hit ball tracked so far for the Marlins. Jorge Alfaro hit one 109.9 miles per hour. Monte Harrison had two batted balls that were just below that at 109.6. Also, Garrett Cooper 
Jesus Aguilar, Cooper again, Miguel Rojas, and Lewis Brinson all had batted balls over 105 miles per hour in this small sample. So it's good to see that they're feeling well enough to really smash the ball when uh, they get it exactly where they want to. Some miscellaneous news nuggets. Marlins have partnered with the Positive Coaching Alliance's Sports Can Battle Racism Initiative, the first major league team to do so in baseball. Several other franchises in the other major sports have done the same. More details at marlins.com PCA, including a link where you can register for their virtual workshop for young athletes. We got a odds update from sportsbetting.ag that Don Mattingly is, surprising to me, tied for the second best odds to win National League Manager of the Year. He, of course, is the reigning NL Manager of the Year behind only the Braves' Brian Snicker. And we mentioned Monte a moment ago. Very nice to see him on his Twitter account lend his support to the movement for the Marlins to wear their beautiful blue uniforms during regular season games. Obviously, is a good luck charm during the spring, and his endorsement means a lot. So hopefully we see some movement in that area in a few short weeks once the real games begin. Looking ahead to Wednesday's game against the Astros, probable starters Trevor Rogers for the Marlins and Jose Urquidy for the Astros. It is a rematch of Friday's game between these teams. A Marlins shutout win, and Rogers looked impressive then. You can expect to see Nick Neidert coming out of the bullpen immediately after Rogers. Some uh, Houston hitters worth noting about who are off to relatively hot starts this spring. Miles Straw, Abraham Toro, Jose Siri. Let's see if they can keep that up. Fish Stripes will have in-person credentialed coverage of this game from Hector Rodriguez. So be sure to follow him on Twitter for all the latest updates and see his article afterwards on fishstripes.com. Marlins and Astros, a 6.05 first pitch from Trevor Rogers. This was today's small pod. Check back here tomorrow and every other weekday throughout spring and the regular season. Go fish.